Chapter 4 The Three-Legged Dog Trichos had to piss. She'd been awake in Ethan's bed about an hour. At first she rolled over, trying to ignore the discomfort. Then she got up and turned around a few times to resettle in basically the same position she just left. Now it was getting urgent. Ethan was flat on his back, his brown hair sticking out in a jumbled mess on the pillow, his mouth slightly open, making a sort of rhythmic growling sound. Trichos couldn't wait any longer. Her dad's house had a doggy door to the backyard. Ethan's doesn't. She poked her one front paw at his open mouth. He snorted, but didn't stir. She poked again. Still no movement. Finally, she started to yelp, which roughly translates, Wake the fuck up! I'm about to piss on your bed! Ethan jolted, awake. You saved me! <coughs> he coughed. Shit, what, what, what was I dreaming? I, uh, what time is it? Are you hungry? Trichos barked, full voice. Okay, I'm getting up. Where are my glasses? Ethan felt around the headboard till his hand landed on his wireframe glasses. He looped the wires behind his ears and carried his cell phone into the kitchen. Trichos ran ahead toward the back door, barked a few more times, jumped under the doorknob, barked again. I'm going to teach you to open the door. She barked in reply. He let her out and collapsed into a kitchen chair. I feel like shit, he talked to himself, the way everyone does who lives alone. I've got to get more sleep tonight. He had it bad. He actually dreamt last night about Leo. They were on a gay cruise, which is absolutely the last place Ethan would ever dream of being. They'd spent the day walking around a touristy town holding hands, eating churros and shopping. Leo bought sandals with soles made from used tire treads. Ethan noticed how beautiful Leo's feet were in the dark leather shoes, how sensuous they looked. Which was another freaky thing about the dream, because Ethan isn't a foot fetish guy. On the little catamaran tender ferrying them back to the cruise ship, a rogue wave crashed over the side and swept Leo into the sea. Without thinking, Ethan jumped into the ocean to rescue him, only remembering after hitting the water that he can't swim. He paddled furiously to keep his head afloat while searching for Leo. He couldn't hear anything, water plugged his ears. There was commotion all around him. He was sinking, choking, moments from death. Someone grabbed him around the waist and pulled him hard to the surface. He gasped for air, coughing out salt water as someone raised him above the waves. He kicked furiously on his back and splashed his arms around, but it was the strong grip of the man supporting him that pushed him toward a styrofoam ring floating nearby. He grabbed hold of the ring and flipped his body over to hold on still struggling to breathe. Leo surfaced next to him and grabbed his face. Ethan couldn't hear what he was saying. He was shouting something. Leo grabbed his face again. Can you breathe? And that's when he woke up, with Trichos barking in his face. Last night, if he'd just shot his load, he probably would have slept better and not dreamt about this unobtainable guy with gorgeous eyes and a brilliant smile. No doubt last night Leo hooked up with someone else. That ship has sailed. Oh, Jesus, he thought, a trite nautical reference from his dream. Best thing to do is immerse himself in the book he's reading and plan a trip to Portland. 
He opened his phone to check for emails. There was a text from George with no words. Just a picture of the nude cowboy on all fours in the Whispering Fur's bedroom. Ethan deleted it. The other text was from his friend Kelsey Laurent at 3 a.m. I don't know what to do, Eth. Charlie was cast on a six-month national tour that might extend a year through Europe. We had a big fight. Can we talk today? Ethan texted her back. I'm at Twin Furs till five. Bring lunch. There's no telling if she'd get his message before late afternoon, since she keeps vampire hours. She does two shows a night at the Alvis Theater. Ethan's email box was empty. He put the phone down and opened the back door to let Trikos in. After breakfast, he washed both their bowls. We're going to work. Get your leash. Trikos spun around several times and barked. Don't bark. Sit. Sit? Trikos sat and looked up, awaiting Ethan's next command. Get your leash. Trikos scampered into the bedroom. Ethan packed his travel sack with his novel, a sandwich, munchies for the squirrels, and a baggie of dog food. Trikos returned with the leash in her mouth. Good girl. His phone sat silent on the kitchen table. He hadn't looked at the bareback app in a while. He could open the app, he reasoned. He could just see who's around. Not that he was going to do anything about it. He just wanted to lurk. Leo has a profile on bareback, at least according to George. How hard would it be to find him? Would that be stalking? Yes, that would be stalking. He's not going to do that. Leo is not marriage material. He snapped Trichos' leash on her collar. She held the other end in her mouth, and they walked out the door to the station. The Cascadian Western Resort requires pets be leashed. Technically, Trichos complied. Entering the public space, they looked like a low-rent circus act. Ethan, in his disheveled uniform, Trichos hopping on her one front paw, carrying the leash in her mouth. People laughed, pointed, took pictures, posted on TikTok. Ethan knew it was a crowd pleaser. Unfortunately, it didn't result in getting laid, which he had to remind himself he was not trying to do anymore. He took a seat at the tail end of the train. Trikos took the adjoining seat and stared out the window. Caleb, the conductor, gave Trikos a quick rub on her head, then ruffled Ethan's hair and joked, Somebody needs to buy you a comb. I have a hat, Ethan said defensively, and snugged the trainmaster cap tightly on his head. While Trikos watched the trees for something bark-worthy, Ethan opened the bareback app. He convinced himself he was just going to search for Leo to prove that he wasn't marriage material and that they have nothing in common. He scrolled through several pages of guys who were currently online. None of them matched. On the fourth page, he saw the profile Fun in the Sun, and Leo's glorious smile filled the screen just as his cell phone connection dropped. The app didn't load anything else about Leo. None of his likes, desires, fetishes, or pictures. This is stupid, Ethan muttered aloud and put his phone away. Ethan opened the rear vestibule door for Trikos, who bounded down the steps with the leash in her mouth, and landed on the forest floor on her front paw. Something about animals marveled Ethan. A human would experience life crippled if they were missing a limb. The dog just lived. He lowered himself off the last step and closed the vestibule door behind him. 
several early morning hikers were stepping onto the short Twin Furs Depot platform. None looked like Leo. Chided himself again for thinking about him. With his lunch pack in hand, he slowly strolled up to the station, allowing the hikers to amble off toward a trailhead before interacting with him. Tricos hopped around on the other side of the tracks behind the departing train. She smelled a few bushes, marked one, and then leaned on Sylvia and Sylvester's tree, smelling the air, barking enthusiastically. The squirrels responded with an incomprehensible diatribe. It was a conversation of sorts. Tricos barked, Sylvia, or Sylvester, chattered. Ethan ignored them and unlocked the depot building. He refilled the dog water bowl, opened his baggie of breakfast cereal, and scattered it on the station platform, and settled behind the ticket desk. He was so tired, his bones hurt. Sylvester and Sylvia leapfrogged down the tree branches until they were just above Trichos's reach, where they ran circles around the trunk. She enthusiastically chased them both, barking with glee. Every few circuits, they'd suddenly flip directions, sending Trichos tumbling into the ferns as she tried to reverse as quickly. Eventually, she caught on to their game and tried to outsmart them by leaping at the fir tree whenever they scampered overhead. Trichos, Ethan called from inside the station. Come here. He opened the ticket drawer to look for any notes from the night agent. Trichos padded up to his chair and sat. Looks like we need toilet paper from the supply train, he told her. She watched, listening for commands. Otherwise, it's another dull day in paradise. Trichos yipped in agreement and returned to a spot of sunshine on the wooden platform. She sort of collapsed, her long hair poofing out from beneath her as her belly landed. She rested her head on her paw and waited for Sylvia and Sylvester to come over to play. Ethan pulled the novel from his pack and opened to the last dog-eared page. Sylvester came down first, standing on the railroad track, assessing the cereal Ethan scattered. Sylvia followed, passed her mate, and jumped onto the platform. Trichos wagged her tail. Sylvia looked at the cereal, but was more intrigued with the long hairs of Trichos's flipping tail and scurried over to play jump rope. After a few missed leaps, she jumped on Trichos's back, who rolled on her side and pawed the air. Sylvester took a few cautious steps onto the platform, then carefully lifted the crunchy oats to his mouth. The earlier chase around the tree was enough play for him. Sylvia climbed on Trichos's head to play Queen of the Mountain before jumping off to join her mate for breakfast. Ethan returned to his book. He read the same paragraph three times before realizing his mind was hopelessly drifting. The novel's hero didn't think he was worthy of love, and deep down inside, neither did Ethan. He'd always been a dork, a, a dweeb, a nerd, a goof. The insults were numerous, but the meaning was all the same. A guy like him would never get the good-looking popular guy. Ethan's lack of social graces and grooming were amplified by his quirky appetite for nostalgia. He believed he was born a hundred years too late, and coincidentally, a hundred percent too gay. He knew he was attractive to men since he was in second grade, even though he didn't know what that meant. He never regretted his sexual desires, and very fortunately hadn't suffered severe consequences in the 21st century. If he had lived in 1900, he was aware he would have been both physically and emotionally damaged. 
but he marveled at the excitement of the golden years of steam and new mechanical inventions. It was a time of great hope for the future, not the future that actually transpired. And really, is he any less damaged now than he would have been then? He doubted it. After both squirrels gleaned the wooden platform, they nestled into Trichos' furry coat and fell asleep. The three of them napped together till the first train approached from South Timber Valley at 8.53. Ethan stood at attention on the platform, ready to greet passengers and direct them to the hiking trails. Sylvia and Sylvester scampered up their tree. Trichos stood on her hind legs, leash in her mouth, with her paw extended to shake hands. It was a familiar tableau, reenacted twice an hour with each stopping train. Between arrivals, regular life resumed. Ethan read, the dog and squirrels alternated between play and naps. They'd done this since the March snowmelt when Ethan started bringing Trichos to Twin Furs. Ethan half expected Leo to show up at 8.53. He sort of hoped he would, but he didn't. Not at 9.53, 10.53, or 11.53. At 12.53, Kelsey Laurent sauntered onto the platform carrying a picnic basket. Jesus, Eth, you look as bad as I feel, she announced to the world as she dramatically swept toward him and kissed him on the lips. Who's keeping you up all night? The handful of arriving passengers watched the show. No one, he answered quietly, and thank you for pointing out the obvious to everyone. Oh, they don't matter, she fluttered dismissively. Trichos trotted over to her, dragging her leash behind. Is this one yours? No, she's Kip's. He engineers on the Seattle run these days. I watch her when he's gone. What's her name? Trichos. Trichos barked and danced a little circle around her. What an odd name. It means three-legged in German or Irish or something. Oh, you poor baby, Kelsey emoted pitifully, looking down at the dog. That must be awful. She doesn't seem to mind. Horrors, I can only imagine. Kelsey then relegated the dog to unimportant distractions in life and turned her attention to Ethan to lament her tattered love affair. I don't know what to do, Eth. Charlie didn't even tell me he was auditioning for a national tour. Nothing. He said he was flying to New York to see old friends. The fucker. How could he lie to me? We talked on the phone for an hour last night and he never once apologized. Obviously, he didn't want me to audition. We could have done the tour together. She brushed her hand through her long, frizzy black hair, untangling a few knots. He'd been a bit cagey about the whole trip. I suspected he was meeting another woman, or another man, but I didn't have any proof, and he denied it to my face. We have such a good deal here at the resort with these shows. Why would he want to leave me? Ethan's role in Kelsey conversations was to listen and sprinkle in a few interjections. What did he say? He said it's his ticket to Broadway. He plans to meet everyone he can and then leave the tour cold when a role opens up for him in New York. I'm not going to tell you what he said about this place. You said he never liked it here. Didn't he complain all the time? If he didn't like it, why was he rustling through the forest in the afternoons? He thinks I don't know, but I mean, come on. Sex every morning wasn't enough for him. 
A man with a sex drive like his meant he was also getting blown in the bushes. I'm not a prude. I don't really care, as long as he never gave me anything, which he didn't, thank God. I just wish he'd come out and told me. I wouldn't have cared. He never told me anything. It just hurts that he couldn't be honest with me. Kelsey broke down, no longer shielding herself from months of betrayal. She began sobbing. Oh, God, she moaned. Her body shook, and Ethan wrapped her in his arms. She cried even harder. As he held her, he couldn't stop his feelings of loneliness from welling up inside. Whether it was empathy, sympathy, or simply compassion, he shed a few tears himself. She poured her heart out. I'm so lonely, Ethan. I'm so lonely. When she stopped shaking and the tears slowed, they sat on the edge of the station platform where Ethan and Leo had sat the day before. Wiping her face with napkins from the picnic basket, she apologized for lunch. I, I don't know what you eat. You hardly touch your food when you go out. I, I brought sandwiches and some grapes. This is great. Thank you. Ethan unpacked the food, peeled the bread on the sandwiches, and chose one without mayonnaise. I'm such a fucked up mess, Kelsey exhaled. Landing that acting gig was perfect for us. We could finally be together after years of regional shows. I'd come home from a gig in Austin, and he'd be flying out for a show in Montana. We'd lived like that since we met on that terrible singing Shakespeare show we did in Portland, which I never want to think about again. The only good thing about that bomb was meeting Charlie. Trichos rested her head in Kelsey's lap to comfort her. Do you want my sandwich? Is that it? No, I think she just wants to tell you she understands. Kelsey pat Trichos on her back. You've been let down by a man, too. <laughs> Life's a bitch, isn't it? There wasn't much else to say after that. Kelsey's heart was breaking. Ethan's heart had never healed. And Trichos proved she was just as lonely as them. The three commiserated in the afternoon sun. The work train arrived 15 minutes after the first afternoon Waltersville passenger train. Ethan's lunch was over and he would be going home in a couple hours. He usually said hello to the work crew as they emptied trash cans, but would quickly resume reading since none of the resort guests were allowed on this train. Today, he told them his tiny bathroom needs toilet paper. <laughs> I noticed. I asked them to bring you a pack, Leo said as he stepped off the work train with toilet paper rolls under his arm. Ethan dropped his book. Leo laughed. Unless you'd rather shit in the woods, 